Hello listeners, welcome to our podcast, Robotics, All Things Robotics. I'm your host, Satish Shukla. And today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to our truly remarkable guest, the biggest robotic enthusiast I know of, a visionary leader who's at the forefront of the robotics revolution, Mr. Sangeet Kumar, CEO Adverb. Sangeet is not just a CEO, he's a pioneer who's shaping the Make in India narrative with his robotic arm. His innovative approach and dedication are taking India's robots to the world. And today, we have the privilege of delving into his incredible journey. So welcome, Sangeet. Welcome to our show. Thanks, Satish. Thanks for having me. So right from your time at Asian Paint, Sangeet, I know you personally as an engineer who has always been an early adopter of technology. And you have always had this passion and vision of how robotics will evolve and how automation will transform manufacturing. Yes, so I, after graduation, I joined the MPG production facility of India Limited at Bergta. And as a chemical engineer, you really get inspired when you work in a refinery or a LPG recovery unit kind of thing. But what I like most there was not about the nitty-gritties of chemical engineering, but the control system, the instrumentation engineer. Okay, in chemical engineering, you get taught about it, but when you see uh, these things in action, uh, you really get inspired as an engineer what technology can do to processes and people. And after Gale, I joined Asian Paints uh, initially uh, in production role, and then I moved to project role. And as a project engineer, you are not a chemical engineer anymore. You are a civil engineer, mechanical engineer, uh, electrical engineer, electronics engineer. And fortunately, at that time, Asian Paints had taken this decision to uh, eliminate all dirty job and that is when robotics came into picture and I was very fortunate to work on some of these first projects and these projects really really inspired me. I really started loving it even failure in those robotic projects which uh, some of them were failure the first ones which we did at Asian Pain. We learned quickly and made it successful but uh, uh, those failures uh, taught me a lot. I uh, I got attracted towards uh, robotics and then uh, one after the other Asian paints kept on building world's largest factory. And these factories were not only world's largest, but they were one of the most automated factory which you will ever see or can imagine anywhere in the world. In fact, we used to have European vendors coming to our factory and they would say, if you just land at the airport and or maybe fly to this place, no one can say whether it is a, a factory in India or uh, it is a factory in Europe. So that is the kind of automation we did. And these automations were not for the sake of automation. These automation gave results. They gave productivity gain. They gave the biggest uh, gain which we got was in reducing the losses. And we justified the investment in automation. And I keep on telling to all the people who join our organization or the young people that 
today engineering is not about one department it is about multifunctional engineering you can be a expert in electrical but until unless you understand mechanical electronic you cannot contribute as a good engineer and robotics uh, definitely you cannot because it is a multifunctional engineering marvel that is how the journey has been from chemical engineer to uh, a person who likes robotics and who enjoys uh, seeing robots in action that's truly fascinating so you talked about productivity gains you talked about dirty jobs so tell me how does this industrial robot actually look like so when i walked into asian paints and i heard that there was a robot i imagined the robot would be like a terminator the okay. humanoid so so how does an industrial robot look like and what are the tasks that it can perform and like you i also imagine what <laughs> 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 you mean be uh, 15 years earlier uh, so uh, when when we said uh, okay uh, one of the job was a uh, lifting paint bucket which was 30 kg payload and uh, doing it uh, these these things were done by people eight hours a shift and uh, it was creating uh, health uh, health problems and we recognized it quite early and we said we need to solve it as a company and we cannot create job uh, which creates hazards for our people and that is when we tried the palletization uh, robot for the first time and uh, i remember uh, we were told okay if there is any robot which can solve this problem go ahead and explore it so we went to germany italy some of the best paint companies some of the best beverage companies and we saw robots doing wonderful and these robots were articulated robots as we know are today and when you talk about industrial robots and most of the research organization or most of the market analysis organization they whenever they quote some ten number of robots which are existing uh, in the world these are the robots which are quoted these are six axis five axis four axis robots and these axis are nothing but are uh, different joints from where the robot can move and uh, replicate the movement of what humans can do with his, their shoulders or any of their limbs so these are the most popular robots it came into being in 1970 and then uh, companies like Kawasaki Fanonke PP and uh, Koga uh, copied it from the market leader the market leader not, does not exist today they never moved from that hydraulic element to the motor element and therefore they do not exist today but these people copied and then uh, took it to a different level today uh, there are uh, 400000 these robots which gets used in industrial application and out of that maybe 200000 would be used in china uh, and uh, in india the numbers would be around you know, 5000 to 8000 uh, kind of thing so when people talk about robots these are the robots so there are an inarticulated you also have scara and delta kind of robot then there are the, these robots which have come into being in the last 10 15 years when people started talking about self driving car and the technology of lidar sensors and uh, perception as a science came into being 
and uh, that is when people develop the first mobile robots and these robots today uh, whether uh, autonomous mobile robot or agv the these these robots are more in number in comparison to articulated robot and today they are categorized in service robots every year uh, we would be consuming around 1.2 million of these robots the third kind of uh, industrial robot uh, which is getting used and you would have heard it uh, mostly in hospitals and these were surgical robots so uh, it came into being because of their precise operation so uh there is uh, a wnc then there is uh, a cmr surgical these are the kind of robots uh, which are getting used so these are the broad categories of robot uh, today which people are using the other kind of robot which is becoming very popular and uh, currently the consumption would be in the range of uh, 100000 uh, or so is cobots collaborative robots the articulated robots were always considered as dangerous if they hit you it can be fatal and therefore it needs to be cased whereas uh, the cobots can work along with human being and these cobots can be a mobile robot or a stationary robot but it can work along with humans and when they touch you uh, they stop or when they are around you they reduce the speed and these are some of the uh, features which make them collaborative and therefore uh, instead of robots they are known as cobot you seen transformers yeah so so is it safe to say that cobots are autobots uh, yes and the other robots are decepticons so uh, today whether it is articulated robot or mobile robot or cobot they understand the environment uh, they would have vision system they also would have perception which is making sense of that vision system um, but uh, they would not be fully autonomous and therefore i would not compare them <laughs> yeah they are they are on that path to become that autonomous or we, we can think for themselves very interesting so one of the points that you touched was that there is a very meager adoption of robots in india why do you think that is is it because that labor is more affordable in india and robotics is only a developed country phenomenon i don't think so uh, so uh, uh, if you see the current context it is any job which is dull dirty and dangerous which is three d's uh are get at the first jobs which are getting replaced by robots now that job anything which is mundane you have to do it in a routine fashion you have to do it day in and day out these are the jobs earlier these were not the jobs which were get it was always the dangerous and the dirty job the dirty job which creates problem even in india those jobs are dangerous so the definition of dangerous does not change if it is in a developing country in a dangerous job uh, people have adopted uh, robotics uh, mostly in automotive sector or uh, mostly uh, that sector when there is lot of welding there is press job etc 
uh, where people have to take heavy items inside the machine or take out heavy items outside the machine. Those are the jobs which have been automated uh, uh, in India as well. Uh, but the dull job, uh, I think, uh, is not automated to the extent which has been automated in a, uh, in a developed economy. Uh, the other thing uh, which is helping robotics grow in India, India, it is a uh, very fast-growing uh, market and like uh, the way it happened in mobile phone uh, wherein people jumped from a certain kind of basic phone to uh, a smartphone uh, with uh, Wi-Fi and the kind of uh, broadband consumption or data consumption is one of the highest in the world. Uh, same thing is also happening in robotics. Uh, wherein people, instead of adopting an uh, articulated robot, they are quickly jumping to uh, more advanced robot in the term, in terms of uh, mobile robot or cobot. The other thing which is uh, very which is helping robotics grow in India is the scale of operation. The scale when you have 300 to 500 million middle class consuming everything, you know, in, uh, food, white goods, uh, 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 cars, and that consumption itself, that scale of operation, and you have a uh, few giants serving all these customers, then you need automation and robotics to manage that scale reliably and accurately. And that is another reason why uh, robotics is becoming successful. There is an onus on uh, companies like us to educate people, uh, not only uh, the uh, uh, Fortune 500 companies or the top companies in India, but the MSMEs, uh, the mid-sized companies, the small companies, companies uh, who have a turnover of 150 to 200 crore, they need to consider whole world as the market and they have to be competitive. They have to compete uh, with products coming from other countries, uh, whether it is uh, China or Vietnam or Bangladesh or any such uh, country. Uh, so if they have to compete with entrepreneurs of those countries, they have to improve their productivity, reliability, quality, and accuracy. And for that to happen, uh, to large extent, they need to learn about robotics. They need to do their first experiments in adopting this technology. And that is what will make them uh, successful companies uh, which are known internationally. And, and that is the dream. So to all the listeners, to all the aspiring entrepreneurs who want to export from India, robotics is the key. You have to learn. That's one family that's to say. Yes. Uh, I certainly uh, feel that way. And it is not about uh, imbibing this technology for the sake of technology. You use a robotics and you will be considered as a cool company. These things should impact one of the deliveries. It can be cost, it can be productivity, it can be quality, it can be reliability. 
one of the deliverables have to change, transform in a very different way. And that transformation journey, robotics is just a tool. Uh, that transformation journey has to be with conviction and you have to give your complete heart out uh, in making these things. When I was a customer, uh, it is never that robotics will be there and it will solve all the problems. You need to know the, your process as a system. You need to know where you want to go. You need to know uh, the technology uh, supplied by the supplier or the vendor. It can be robotics, it can be any other automation. And how you will change your processes and systems to go to that next level. You have to put a lot of effort as an entrepreneur uh, or as an engineer uh, or a software person and that is how technology will help you. Until this, you help the technology, technology can. I want to add one question, I understand because you touched on that. So Sangeet, that's very interesting. You mentioned about your journey from a user to a creator. How has been your experience? Since you were a user of robotics at one point of time and now you make robotic solutions for different customers. Okay, uh, I'll answer this question uh, in two ways. Uh, uh, or I will touch upon two things. Uh, one is uh, as a user of technology, you understand the functionality. Of course, uh, you have to understand that functionality and that is why you choose those technologies. Second, you learn how to maintain and manage this technology. And that is when you start getting into the details of uh, the sensors or the uh, controllers, PLCs, uh, PCs, etc., the programs, the software logic, etc., to maintain it well so that it keeps on serving you. So that is the user part of it, uh, which is uh, knowing the functionality so that it can help you uh, get the productivity. Second is uh, knowing the system so that you can maintain it well. Uh, so that it keeps on serving you for next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. As a creator of this technology, it is about the choices that you make uh, in terms of what components you are going to use, why you are going to use. Finally, it has to be of value to the customer. Uh, the customer will pay you if he or she gets that value. And that value can be in terms of the functionality which you are offering. The value is also in terms of at what cost you are offering that functionality. Value is also in terms of whether it will be reliable and it would last for so many years. Because you have been a customer, you go and talk to a customer, he... Uh, speak something and you are really able to understand that and build that thing in the product. But giving the real value in terms of uh, uh, the money, in terms of, uh, let us say, timely delivery, in terms of what kind of components or partners you will have, uh, the way uh, the saying goes, uh, that you are known by the uh, friends that you keep and it is uh, the same uh, in robotics as well you are known by the uh, 
parts or the components that you use in your product, uh, which promises reliability and uh, a certain kind of quality to the customer. So that that has been the journey. It is uh, it is just a start. Uh, we are seven year old company. I think in a journey of a company seven year old is still infancy. So we are learning. We will continue to learn and uh, be a better creator by giving functionality uh, which we hear from our customers, which we think is required, and also by giving quality uh, of these uh, equipments at a value which is affordable. I certainly believe and I'm a fond believer of any technology which is not affordable cannot be a technology. Unless it is adopted at a mass scale. It is not a technology. You can build anything for that matter. Am I hearing it right? Are you talking about democratizing robotics? Of course. The choice of going for vertical integration where we make all the motherboards or driver cards, etc. was that if I would use only that thing which is required in a robotics, I would not use generic thing which is available in the market, which is costly. There are so many functionalities which does not guess because you are using a generic thing for a robotic application. So we chose not to do it and try to uh, reduce cost for our end customer. Wow. So you mentioned about start, a good start is job half done. And I know that you're a learning machine, so I'm sure that your organization will learn and move very fast. So so there's a running joke among all of us who know you personally, right? If we move a globe and put our hand on any random country, there is a 90% probability that you've gone to that country. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> yes, I would have visited more than uh, 50 countries and... It is not by choice, uh, of course, but uh, one thing which I loved and which I continue to love is uh, to see factories in action. So you visited all these countries to see factories in those countries? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so so, so we, we knew about medical tourism. <laughs> this is automation tourism. Yes, <laughs> it is automation tourism. I... I enjoyed uh, visiting this factory. I would have visited more than thousand factories and more than thousand warehouses. Uh, you name a company in the Fortune 500, and I would have visited that factory or warehouse somewhere in the world. Everywhere I have gone, it has been a humbling experience. It has been a learning experience. You, you really start appreciating the ingenuity of. Mankind or human intelligence in every small thing. Uh, if you are a good observer, you will see. You think people have thought through it. You really appreciate why, why, why that has been done. Why that has been. And when you reach to the answer, it is so, so pleasing and so soothing. Uh, I, I really, I, I love going to factories. I love going to warehouses. I love uh, seeing physical technology in action. I also love uh, interpreting the logic 
or the software which is making this physical uh, automation in action and uh, I'll continue to love till I die. Innovation alert. So all our listeners out there, just like Steve Jobs visited Haridwar for Neem Karuli Baba, <laughs> you can also visit countries outside to go for Nirvana and learn in these factories. Really amazing insight. <laughs> so with you, all your experience of having seen different factories, automation, and robots, which is that one robotic application that you have loved the most? Pointing to one is difficult, but I'll give you three of my uh, best thing. Keep them, keep them flowing. Keep them. Up. <laughs> I have, I have uh, seen them uh, in action. Uh, the first one is this uh, Delta Spider robot. Uh, it was lifting spoon at four hundred ticks per minute. Wow, and why it was lifting, it was uh, making it turn uh, from, uh, so it was flipping the spoon. So all the spoons would be flipping at a rate of 200 spoons per minute. Per minute. Wow. And it was recognizing which one needs to be flipped and which one need not be flipped so that it is in the same way on a conveyor. That was amazing, amazing uh, seeing that in action. Uh, the other one uh, which I uh, really enjoyed looking at it was an inverted robot uh, which was moving. Uh, the seventh axis was in action uh, wherein uh, it was uh, uh, going to one machine, taking some items and going to another machine and delivering. And the speed at which it was doing uh, was amazing. So speed thrills. <laughs> And this speed does not kill you. <laughs> the third one is uh, something which we saw in videos, but when we created for ourselves, and uh, this was uh, a cobot on a mobile robot, which we did for IIT Delhi, and that was for a machine tending application wherein uh, the cobot had to link from a particular place a particular machine part and it had to feed uh, into another machine for uh, certain processing. And this whole thing, the mobile robot moving, and then the cobot moving on it and uh, trying to recognize the object and then lifting it. But that is not the end of the world. It is mobile robot, cobot, and human being working together so some actions, some uh, tasks. So if you have, let us say, 50 tasks, there would be 30 tasks which gets divided to a cobot um, because cobot is more suitable to do that task. And 20 tasks has to be done by human beings because they are made to do that. It requires some critical thinking. It requires some creativity. It requires the human and eye coordination, which still is a big, long way for the robot to replicate. And this, both humans and robots working together is amazing. And that is the future, I think. Human-robot collaboration is a very upcoming field in robotics. And I think uh, it has to go a long way. It is uh, just 1% of what. Uh, it can achieve and I think uh, even in that 1% it is amazing but uh, it has to go a long way to help humans become more human. 
when you see it in action, seeing it in video, building it is a great joy and actually seeing it in action uh, is really amazing. I am sure uh, there would be many, many more applications which will uh, inspire us. Uh, one of the other applications which I really love is Quadruped, uh, the uh, robot uh, from Boston Dynamics or from MIT uh, Cheetah. Uh, those robots are also amazing when they walk on staircase all terrain and that speed and someone kicking them and still they uh, lift from after falling down is amazing. It is uh, like a real living animal. Um, I hope these videos are not shown to future robotic generations. And then they are told that this is how humans did atrocities. <laughs> and therefore, robots need to <laughs> take the happens. <laughs> so I heard something very interesting there. Human-robot collaboration. Is that how the future is going to be like? Yes. And uh, I certainly uh, uh, believe that. And uh, as I was explaining, uh, there will be tasks and these tasks are not uh, something which uh, someone has uh, pre-decided that uh, these tasks will be done by a robot or a cobot uh, and these tasks will be done by uh, humans. Uh, but based on the nature of the task, uh, there will be uh, something, it can be a distributed control system, it can be a centralized control system, which may keep on uh, 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 distributing the tasks to humans and to robot. It will also, uh, what it will do is, it will teach, uh, so the, there are certain skills uh, which uh, a human would have and which a human possess because of the way a god is meaning. And there are certain skills which humans have given it to the robots and, uh, and these robots, though they would be learning uh, from each other robot which is there in the world, but also from a centralized system or from the context and an environment. And they will keep on upgrading the skills, both humans and robots. And based on that upgraded skill uh, matrix, the tasks will get associated and uh, humans and robots will work together. And this is what uh, Industry 4.0 or 5.0 envision where in everything will be customized at a mass scale for you. So there is a toothpaste which will be customized for you, for Satis. And uh, I left me. So I'd have a lot of meat toothpaste. You will have mint. Great. You will have uh, on the packet your photograph will be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, there can be so many things which, uh, whatever you can imagine. Uh, that will be there. Uh, it will be produced in a factory and humans and cobots will divide these tasks so that you get that customized product from this factory. It is already happening. There are factories which are adopting it and in future it will continue to happen more. Why I say the upgradation of skills will happen at both humans and we keep on teaching that you need to upgrade your skill uh, for all the engineers but uh, and uh, that is true but also it is true for 
of people who work at the shop floor, at the warehouse, in hospitals. They will upgrade their skill. Robots will upgrade their skill uh, because of what it is learning from all other robots or the centralized system. And then they will keep on dividing the task. It will keep on automatically dull, dirty, dangerous, go to one place, uh, creativity and uh, uh, content and uh, critical thinking go to one place. And that is how uh, humans and robots will collaborate to build products of value to the end customer. That's a very inspiring view of factories of the future. I would not say it is a factory of the future. Yes, uh, for many factories it will be, but it is already started happening in one form on the, the in certain pockets. Uh, in adoption of technology, there will always be first movers uh, who will uh, uh, take those steps and adopt those technology and fail in doing so. Uh, and there will always be people uh, who will uh, uh, adopt this technology once it is uh, successful. So they will follow you. That's a very interesting insight. So coming to our last section, there are a set of short questions that we have for you. We want to know whether it's a myth or truth. There are a lot of myths associated with robotics. Will robots completely replace humans? Never. So our jobs are safe? Yes. And in uh, in fact, uh, any industrial revolution, whether it is Industry 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4, any revolution, uh, there have been advent of technologies, whether it is power, steam, in, in different assembly line, etc. These have always created more jobs. And there has always been fear whenever it came. There was always a fear in the larger masses or there are people who create those fear uh, that these will take away the jobs. It has never happened in the past. It will never happen in the future. Technology will create job. The content and the nature of that job will change. But any successful technology will always create job. So, uh, as I said, any technology is technology only, it is affordable. It is similarly, this is the other statement which uh, I, I have thought over it and I, I believe it, uh, that any technology which does not create more job, it will kill some job. But if it does not create more job, it is not a technology and robotics does not fall in that space that I'm sure. That's comforting. Can robots have emotions? Yes. Uh, social robotics is a space uh, which is coming up in a big way. And uh, you would have seen uh, Sophia, one of the robots, uh, having uh, around 40, 50 motors uh, expressing certain emotional facial expression and uh, that was very sophisticated technology. Now there are technologies which are available wherein the expression of that emotion, uh, there are several robots which are doing it. It starts in humanoid uh, thing, but it will happen uh, uh, with a cobot. So cobot, it will never be only hard work uh, between humans and cobots. Uh, working together, but it will also be 
they will uh, understand each other socially and uh, they will have emotions and they will express those emotions to human beings and uh, there are uh, pet robots uh, which are there in japan uh, which has been uh, because of uh, several years studies uh, these pet robots are comforting to human beings comforting to old people they socialize with them they talk with them and uh, i'm sure in future robots will happen more so not as advanced as humans uh, maybe a biased emotion based on who is creating that uh, uh, robot so next question is on behalf of john connors can robots harm humans remember <laughs> the first law of robotics uh, unlike what you see in in the movies and <laughs> okay uh, yeah. uh, Uh, so robots harming human beings and <laughs> and then they have a sequel uh, yeah they do sequel but uh, i don't think uh, the first law of robotics and as long as that law is respected uh, is no robots can harm human beings and i believe robotists across the world uh, will be sensitive to this fact uh, there are certain uh, application in defense uh, where uh, there are countries which are investing heavily in creating such robots uh, which can harm human beings but uh, then uh, it is like a tool uh, like a gun uh, which a human being is using it. Uh, a robot is not taking decision for that then it is that robot is not a robot but it is a uh, it is a tool uh it is a complex sophisticated tool which is getting used by certain humans to um, harm certain other so last question on behalf of all the singles out there can humans have robot companions <laughs> uh, that uh, that is not far off i think yeah um, there will be humans who enjoy companies of robot great three it was truly fascinating to have a great interaction with you thank you sangi thanks sudeep thanks for uh, having me here and uh, making me speak some of the things which i really really believe in and some of the things uh, which i don't usually speak of but uh, thanks thanks for having me thank you so listeners i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did like and subscribe to continue on this robotic journey with us until next time This is your host Satish Shukla signing off